0: Welcome, everyone, to the next Dramacast, Why I Ride podcast. I'm here with Jonathan LaDuke. Say hello, LaDuke.
1: Hey, boys. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad to spend a little time with you.
0: Yes, the sheriff.
1: Yes, indeed.
0: We'll, we'll get into that nickname here <laughs> here in a bit. Um, well, uh, we're at uh, Jonathan's house in... Uh, West Homewood—it's like it's this beautiful island at the top of this hill. West Homewood, right across from Broadway, and um, beautiful little street. I got to the house, and he—he he told me all about his yard work. He's very proud of his yard work. It looks I'm,
1: great. I'm just the yard boy for my wife. That's really the reality. <laughs>
0: Does she peer out from this deck and just watch <laughs> you work? And just points the
1: finger. Yes. <laughs> Not um, the finger just a, you know whatever yeah <laughs>
0: <laughs> jury's still out jury's still out well um thanks for uh joining you're welcome and uh we're coming off uh heels of a great podcast well i'll I'll give a little tease we'll cover a little bit at the end of this but it was a great one and i look to send it out next week but um what we're going to get into while you ride
1: which is share.
0: a long story. You've been riding for a long time.
1: Indeed. I, um,
0: so get into how you started, okay, or when you started. Mm-hmm. And
1: uh, how old are you? Okay, so I'm 43. Okay. My very first bike, my dad built it up with me, and it was a nothing bike. But um, I remember it was about age six that we started building and he also encouraged me early on to have a paper route so i had a paper route for four years back in the day when young kids used to go door to door every day mm. for four years and so that was a lot of responsibility but it also provided a little bit of income for me and so as i made my way into the teenage or teenage years junior high A lot of kids were hanging out at the mall playing video games, and my thing to do was to ride. And so I hung out at the bike shops. I raced BMX for probably three or four years. Uh, BMX was very popular when I was growing up. And so that got me into it. And then as the later junior high and high school years, uh, mountain biking was just really hitting its stride. So I remember early on, early 80s. Uh, seeing mountain bikes, playing around. And then my first one was, say, 89, 90. And it's it's fun to be on the front edge of that sport as well as snowboarding and just carry that through. Mm. Did a little road riding in high school. So I would say I've been riding for 30-plus years. Yeah. And uh, a lot of those, is, it's really been defining in life as far as that was my mode of transportation. I didn't own a car until I married Jen, so uh, that was the dowry that uh, <laughs> she came with, and uh, it was it was really in so many ways an identity piece for me. Mm. Um, I will also say, as part of a college experience, I had a lot of idolatry of sports. I was very into volleyball and so much so that it really took number pl- number 1 place in my heart before the lord and was really challenged by him to give it up so early college gave up volleyball mm. and that really cascaded uh downwards when you think about what i was then exposed to in the summer which was jay tranch had time got to meet jen and so she's become my wife and i'm still with jay tranch 20 years later so mm. I hold biking in some ways, while it's very important, I hold it at arm's length. Yeah. Just because I've gone through that challenge before of this is not my identity. Yeah. It's something I enjoy doing. Yeah. Um, but I can easily gravitate to spending way too much time doing it mm-hmm. and get out of whack priority wise.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think um, myself included, I struggle with that. Um if I'm honest, yep. which I usually am. Uh sometimes I'm contradictory, but <laughs> I like to be honest. Um Yeah, I I was gonna maybe get into that here in a bit, but um I appreciate you sharing that and uh being honest with about it. But you know, how was that switch from volleyball to cycling? Like what what was what was it about maybe road riding and mountain biking that mm-hmm. totally hooked you into that switch and you know what you got from it compared to other sports you did yeah. or snowboarding even like what
1: yeah that's I, interesting so I love to have uh, play a lot of sports I've never been one to watch them mm-hmm. uh, so I did these early on sports in high school I played you know football and baseball and those traditional ones but I've always been more motivated towards what I can challenge myself to do okay. as opposed to the team orientation so because of that that's really where when volleyball stopped and it, I was still biking every day oh. uh, as a mode of transportation I just continued to take more and more interest as a lifetime sport okay because of the ability to do that as compared to playing you know on the weekends or whatnot Particularly as uh, life, family, career, those pieces continue to take up more and more time. Yeah, yeah, I gotcha.
0: Well, maybe fast forward a good amount of years to um, how you got into DKs. Mm -hmm. And maybe like in Birmingham in general. Yeah. And then how you got into the Drama Kings.
1: Right. Um, So I'm from California. And that's an important distinction as far as my narrative. Um, So when I moved here, I actually lived over in Avondale and didn't ride with anyone everywhere. Because I don't think, first off, Avondale wasn't popular. When I moved out, it became popular. So I was the ball and chain on that one. (laughs) Uh, But then additionally, I was in that young kid's phase. I have four kids. They're now 16 down to 10. So my schedule has opened back up to be able to ride more. So through Redeemer Church and Brian, he and I got to talking about interest. I went over and had a little uh, on the porch uh, training for how to work on your bike, service it, and from Brian. No, I gave him as well as several other DKS. Oh, okay. uh, Before they were really DKS.
0: Sorry, I I must have zoned out (laughs) because I thought I said Brian. (laughs) Help me with mechanical (laughs) needs.
1: Uh, yes, so that's really my inroad to the DKs. It was through those relationships at church, yeah. Um, and as most DKs would know, you know, I don't get a lot of time with the porch hangs or you know, not even living in the same area. I so enjoy my time because of the communal interests, because of the uh, shared life style aspects, but at the same time, I feel like I'm several years the elder of many of them mm-hmm. and therefore you know when you're a young parent you do what your kids are doing you become friends with the ones that you're hanging out at the soccer park with or whatnot so it's really had to be my personal thing up early in the morning to go on these rides and make these connects with the
0: yeah DKs. interesting yeah Awesome.
1: Plus, I don't like coffee. Yeah. And that oh. might be the one issue that uh, could get me kicked out of this club. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, a yeah, little orange juice and I'm good about... to go.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, how did you get your nickname, The Sheriff?
1: Uh, so, back before Slack, we used to have this uh, text thread that was just forever long. And a few guys were cussing on the text thread and... Jen always grabs my phone and out of curiosity checks out what I've been doing. So she was reading some of these and going, oh my gosh, you know, they're they're cussing. And so I just casually mentioned, hey guys, please don't cuss, you know, on the thread. Yeah. And apparently that was the law dog (laughs) coming in and somehow I I wasn't a part of the naming ceremony. I just was told afterwards that my nickname is sheriff. Well, that's
0: how it should be though, right? Right. I absolutely. guess, absolutely. Yeah, that's funny. I think I remember that story. <laughs> <laughs> it was right before I was around. Um, well, cool, man. I, so, got into the DKS, but I, I feel like you still you do your own rhythms. Um, can you talk about like uh, I knew? I think I heard you say something about a beach. Uh, trip down 31 mm-hmm. before you've done some long rides uh, yes. you did a long ride Natchez Trace yep last year loaded loaded down
1: indeed and, uh, during a sabbatical yeah
0: yeah um,
1: so so rhythms is that
0: kind of what riding you like that speaks
1: to you mm.
0: uh, or is the longer ride?
1: great question I really enjoy pushing myself. And seeing what I'm capable of. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, you use that word rhythm and I love that word because, you know, how we orient our life is going to be an expose in what matters to us. And I've just continued to make the choices to say, I'm going to include writing as a part of my journey. And so... I do it early in the morning. I love that the Dks over these past years are getting up earlier and earlier, just because that works with my schedule. You know, when you think about rhythms, nobody's fighting for my time until six thirty or seven in the morning, and so I I recognize through a Ironman training that I did for my fortieth. Um, that was my fortieth trip. Oh, uh, is I I chose to do an Ironman. Okay, and in order to get the volume of training, I had to get up that much earlier. Yeah. And so, you know, my rhythm in the morning is wake up. I'm going to spend time with the Lord beforehand because once I get back from the ride, game on with the yeah. family, yeah. you know, getting forward to school is, is, we'll always take precedence over getting time to spend with the Lord. So I get up crazy early, you know, kind of like 420 in the morning, um, spend time and then out the door at five. And you ride over there. Yeah, I always get (laughs) pre-miles in order to meet you guys. (laughs) You're the first pre-mile guy. Right. (laughs) Out of necessity. Uh, When you ask that question about long rides...
0: Yeah, what kind of rides speak to you more than others? Uh,
1: To go long, for me, is really very personal and somewhat selfish. You know, it's seeing what what I'm capable of. So you mentioned that beach ride... Well, on my birthday, one of my kids has a soccer tournament down in Destin. Well, to drive eight hours on my birthday weekend was not exactly how I wanted to spend it. I really wanted to go on a ride. And so I thought, you know what? I could combine. And that's really what instigated it. So I just left crazy early in the morning, biked on 31, which really wasn't that fun Mm. uh, with the rumble strip and... You know, it's very tense. Once you hit the Florida line, Mm -hmm. you know, then there's actual bike lane. But that ended up being my longest so far, 238 miles. Okay. And to be able to be there, skip four hours in the car, and then have a beach trip on top of that... Yeah. ...was a wonderful experience. Natchez Trace, which you also mentioned, was actually drawing off of a previous experience. So... To back up, when I was in college, I knew I had to travel. I just had some wanderlust and uh, had recommended to be going to New Zealand. So I spent a semester in college and then I took my bike, flew over to New Zealand and really had a coming of age experience Mm. where it was just me for three months, pedaled around, uh, knew nobody and... Wow. through that experience, really went deep with the Lord. Mm. And so when I came back um, from what really became a flag in the ground, I'm going to live differently, I came back to school. I was at the number one party school in the U.S. So it's it. there's a lot of bad choices what to make. What is that? That's Chico State. Okay. Okay. Um, Back in the day, there was like this show called "Girls Gone Wild" and Playboy rated it number one multiple years. It was just kind of a, uh, gosh, a wild place. Yeah, you know, very common to have a party every night. Yeah, and I just knew I wanted to live differently. But it really took this experience to say, okay, there are going to be some shifts that I make through that, and that along with the whole volleyball and giving that up for a time period uh, were probably. The biggest coming of age and significant experiences for me of how I want to live differently mm-hmm. counterculture yeah. and biking in a lot of ways is counterculture
0: yes yeah
1: um, in Chico bike City, USA, you know it, there's so many people that bike, so not there, but here in Birmingham, you know I just I've come up with a lot of reasons why biking to work is better yeah you know, than commuting in on the car it's of which I think we all understand
0: your New Zealand trip though
1: yeah was amazing
0: what yeah uh walk us through that a little bit okay
1: uh mountain bike first time touring showed up literally had no plan for where to go close to 100 pounds 98 pounds with all my stuff it was kind of ridiculous panniers i bought a guitar there was a guitar strap (laughs) on the back. New Zealand's known for all the sheep and wool, so I like yeah. wool sweaters. I had just come from a uh, missions conference, so I had bought books. It was just all the wrong ways to do oh this. Oh my gosh. But, you know, as with any adventure that has an unknown outcome, it was just me. And mm-hmm. so one of the big things was I decided to go by my given name instead of the nickname that I had all my life. So Jonathan, my full name, was something that I said, I'm going to try that because I can just have a clean start. Yeah. And um, I, I flew into Auckland, went north to the Bay of Islands. And why New Zealand? Well, now people know, because of Lord of the Rings, yeah. how gorgeous yeah. that country is. It's how the did size you of find effect. out? Uh, I had had a um, college mentor that had gone there. Okay. And, and just said, You've got to go yeah. to this place. English speaking, similar currency for a, a eighteen year old person, maybe I was nineteen, you know, it was safe enough that my parents were like, sure, but this I mean, to date myself, email had just come out. So I talked to my parents maybe once on the phone, because it was five bucks a minute. And maybe two or three emails. Okay. Otherwise, it was just me out there having a big old adventure in life. Wow. And so what do you do for eight or nine hours yeah. a day every day for three months? You know, yeah. and it, so I had, you know, scripture flashcards taped to the stem. You know, I was just memorizing okay. uh, a lot of time to talk to the Lord and appreciate a stunning country. Mm-hmm. But it's really through those experiences. I'll t- I'll share one um Third night, uh, I went to this beach hut and asked if I could crash there, and it was this um, lifeguard post and these high schoolers that were manning it. Said absolutely you can. Didn't didn't realize that you know they were going to have a party that night. So here I am, the college guy sitting in the high school party, and before it started, uh, the Lord had really impressed me to go read uh, the scriptures in a track. A track is like how to lead somebody to the Lord. And so it's it called the Romans Road and it was just different um, scriptures in there. So Romans 5, 8, Romans six twenty three, Romans 9, 8 and so on. I get back to the hut. There's a big party going on with 60 people and I'm going, oh great. I was just trying to crash in a dry place without sand. But there was one guy there that was very different uh, in the sense that he was in a wheelchair. So, high school party, there's going to be a fight, everybody goes outside and it's just me and this guy sitting in there. Wow. And so I start talking with him, hey, you know, tell me a little bit why, and I could tell he was mad. Mm. Um, And turns out he was in a water ski accident and Mm. was paralyzed Mm. from it. So through that, uh, I started sharing with him a bit about my journey as to why I was in uh, New Zealand and really what I was there to do, which was just explore have some fun yeah. but fight didn't happen all the kids come in but instead of resuming party mode they're sitting there watching me talk with this guy share these verses that i had just memorized and i had a pretty profound experience where the lord just shared with me in that moment this is why you're here well wow. you're to share me with the people as you go yeah and new zealanders also known as kiwis are pretty famous for being fatalistic which is just have some fun. You don't know when you're going to die, so just live it up in the moment. Mm. It's a high adventure, super fun culture. Mm. Uh, but because of that, it breeds a very um, narcissistic, you know, it's really about me. Okay. So it's through that experience, talking with that type of person of why I would be across the world, having a great time, you know, in their country, that they could really resonate with, yeah. but then to share more about yes. the bigger or the, or the deeper journey yes. that I was on. Yeah. So
0: Amazing.
1: that's New Zealand. <laughs> now to fast forward, Natchez Trace you asked about. Yeah. 20 years in ministry, I got a sabbatical for the month of December and I said, I know exactly how I want to spend mm. my time. I just want to go out and be on the bike again. For a protracted period. Yeah. So I took the stuff, you know, to go bike camping. Um, What I didn't really realize was just the funkiness of the weather. Um, So (laughs) it got a, uh, it sped up a lot just because I had a perfect day and then a nasty rain day and got taken in wonderful hospitality along the way Mm. and then just did a one big old 168 mile push from Tupelo to Nashville because another storm was rolling in. Oh. So, why Natchez? Why long trips? I think there's so much self um, understanding that comes through it. You know, when you're at a place where you're pretty mentally and physically exhausted, you really get exposed. Yeah. And it's in those times that you are raw and don't have anything left. That you get to understand who you are, Mm -hmm. what you're made of, and really what you believe. Like, what's it all for? Yeah. You know, I think shorter rides that we typically do, you can be talking about anything, you know? And it's really more about the people you're with. Yeah. um, Or the kit you have, or the bike, or whatever. It's when you have thought all those thoughts Mm -hmm. and kind of finish that, then you start saying, okay, really, what's my motivation? Yeah. And who am i becoming
0: mhm yeah
1: and that's what these long rides present
0: exactly yeah i think i I'd love that and i think um the <laughs> the bike is like this instrument it, it's funny how, how the bike is this instrument which lets you get there mhm but you have to be so patient for it to get you there those long rides yeah I'm not sure if you can do a big group ride and ever get there and you know i I appreciate you explaining your experiences in this because that's why I do long rides as well mm-hmm. and um, I think that you know it could be viewed as selfish is it selfish maybe but you're out there to do your own rhythms. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I, I, love, uh, I love you hearing that or saying that. And uh, yeah, just hearing your story. Um, that's amazing.
1: You know, you say the word selfish and it is because of the time investment is yeah. required to do mm-hmm. that. But the older I get, the more I realize we all have to have something. We have to have an outlet. Mm-hmm. And... You know, some people see that sticker, you know, running is my therapy, you know, biking is my therapy. It's the time that I get really time to process and we have to have quiet space in our lives. It's called recreation. We need to recreate Mm. and we're recreating ourselves through this journey. And that's why I love group rides because of the social component. I love getting people into riding. But it is very different than a solo venture because of where your mind is going to fixate on, mm-hmm. you know, the social build relationships aspect is wonderful general in a general basis. But I think you've got to have some time to just go out and be, yeah. um, and just be you. And, yeah, and so I live out in Northern California in the middle of nowhere in the summers and, for such a long time there was one radio station, country. And I'm not really a country guy. So you know, you, you're driving in a quiet car, you're like, I'd like to listen to the radio, and you know, you yeah. hear country and like, well, scan. Yeah. It scans and it comes all the way back <laughs> down to the country station. You're like, yeah. well, I'm either gonna listen to country or nothing. Yeah. Well, I say that to say when there's only one voice or one channel, mm. uh, it's you're either going to focus on that, or or nothing. Mm-hmm. And what writing does is it reduces all the noise, yeah. so it can really be more of just me and God having this conversation. Yes, yeah. And you can call that a very spiritual experience. Mm-hmm. And I would say, in many ways, it is. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't have all the components, you know, that are often associated with religion. Mm-hmm. But you know, I think of. I think it was Eric Little. When I run, I feel his pleasure from that movie *Chariots of Fire*.
0: Yeah.
1: When I bike, yeah, I just enjoy biking. My body made for it. Yeah. These drama kings, you know, feel that now. Yeah. And on top of that, it's a worshipful experience yeah. because I can connect with my Creator in such a way that I don't have all the other distractions and noise. Mm. So, yeah, long rides for me are a rhythm. Yeah. And. They're also a little bit circumstantial. Uh, actually, riding solo is more circumstantial because, hey, I got an hour and a half right now, you know, and trying to coordinate a ride. It's like, hey, let's just go, yeah. pedal, and be okay with it.
0: Yeah, yeah, I love that. And uh, I'll say one more thing about that. You know, I, was, I sometimes, uh, you know, they ask me, you know, I did a two hundred mile ride. Mm-hmm. A couple months ago, or I saw a few months. I don't. They're like, "How do you do that?" <laughs> it's like, uh, I don't. I do it because, kind of like you. But another point that I would, wanted to make was, my mind is like a million miles an hour, and I'm always, I'm always worried about something. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm a four on that. Yeah, Instagram. yeah. I'm very up and down, uh-huh. okay? But the bike is very steady instrument that I use to shut off my brain. I think nothing about anything else. I think about my heart rate. I think about um, the cadence. I think about how my quads are feeling. Yep. I think about... And then I gradually get to a place of me and the Lord,-hmm, what's he pushing me to do as I'm pushing myself right now? Like, Yes. Yeah, so, I yeah,
1: I, I'm glad you brought that up. You really have to have some distraction at time so that you don't just live inside your head. And you want to think all your thoughts. And then it's like once you get through all your thoughts about yesterday and what you're going to do tomorrow and, and you work through that process, then you kind of get to the real nuggets where mm-hmm. change happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a quote, a life not evaluated is not worth living. Mm-hmm. And I think about it's the time to evaluate things where I don't have those urgent but not important things. I get more time to think about the important issues of life.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: And, you know, we it it takes a journey to get there. I feel like our culture in particular, you know, pre-COVID, post-COVID, spends so little time in personal evaluation uh, in the sense where they're trying to reduce all the noise and just hear really about, from the Lord, their identity. And who they're going to be. Yeah. You know, there's just so many opportunities for distraction. Post COVID, I think we've all had enough of ourselves, you know, when you think about, gosh, I've just been locked in.
0: Yeah. And
1: aren't we all thankful <laughs> for road riding yeah. to go, well, you can't shut that down. Yeah. Here we go.
0: Yeah. Very good. And I, that reminds me, I, I took uh, Walt, my son, mm-hmm. to this was uh, about, you know, shutting off and that route. Took him, like, three years ago. He was, I think, yeah, he was five. And um, we're uh, doing that trail near the ball fields. And we stop in this woods. And I'm like, oh, Walt, listen. It's it's like this room we're in now. If you stop talking, like, there's nothing. Mm -hmm. There's nothing there. And he was absolutely... (laughs) terrified he was like for real scared i was like "Well, this is what silence is right and he was like he was left with no one but himself mm-hmm. he, it didn't matter if i was there or not and it's like it's, it's it's like he realized himself it was it was
1: very that's profound yeah
0: terrifying for him yeah. and i just i put my arm around him. And i was like i'm here right, <laughs> it's, right. it's fine you know we're gonna keep going down the trail
1: A life of constant distraction uh, and we end up being pretty shallow Mm -hmm. because I think we don't ever understand what we really have conviction around when we're just reading opinions of others Mm -hmm. and we don't formulate our thoughts because we can't. They get interrupted so much. And I think that's the value of sitting before the Lord in the morning, Mm -hmm. you know, is to read the words of God, Mm -hmm. to have time to really process the implications for your life, have a conversation with him, Mm. but just to actually be silent for 30, 40 minutes. Yeah. And so that's a regular rhythm of mine, which I think builds stronger people. Mm -hmm. You know, plenty of different ways to speak as to why. Yeah. But I think the reality is, is you're actually able to hear from the voice that really matters.
0: Yeah, for sure. Wow. I didn't know we were going to yeah. those places in this podcast. Well, it's
1: why I would never ride with a, a uh, earphones. Mm-hmm. You know, just to, to bring it back to how do you do long rides? <laughs> you know, which I was thinking about your, that, that question, you know. Uh,
0: yeah.
1: Kind of how do you do long rides? And I think really the question is why do you mm-hmm. do long rides? Mm-hmm. That they're really wanting to know. Yeah. You know, the how is like, well, you keep going, you have the right nutrient. You know, but really it's. Why would you want to spend that amount of time? Yeah. And I think that's what we're answering.
0: Yeah. Yeah. For sure.
1: We'll see how many uh, 100 plus mile <laughs> rides get posted after this. Let,
0: let's, just, let's just count <laughs> solo rides first. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, good.
1: Well, you know, one of the other things that I mentioned earlier is when you have a confidence level to be able to work on a bike, that's going to give you a lot more freedom. Because think about yeah. somebody who's struggling, just learning how to change a tire. Yeah. Well, what would happen if I have a mechanical when I'm out there? Yeah. Well, I just feel like I'll, I'll either figure out how to fix it or jimmy rig to get back in. And it's those kind of skills, I think, that inherently I don't think about. But that would be a real limitation for some.
0: That's a great point. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe I should think about that more because there's some things I can't do. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. Well, you, do, if you don't have a chain break, you're pretty hosed. You um, know. You, you yeah. Can,
0: especially if you're in New Zealand. Right.
1: <laughs> oh, I have a few stories. Yes.
0: Yeah. Um, well, do you have any, that was so deep. Uh, do you have any like, uh, transition to goals you have for the bike mm. cycling in general? Have you, have you thought about that?
1: You know, right now my goals are pretty, um, Others focus. With four kids, I'm really trying to get my son into riding more.
0: Yeah.
1: And, you know, what cycling for me when I was so young was my independence. I literally can bike all over town. Mm. And yeah. in our day and age, you just don't have that. So he is thrilled. He's currently at Crestwood Day School. It's a long ride over there, but when he starts going to the Homewood Junior High... Mm he's already telling me about For sure. so when i think about goals i think all right i'm going to turn 45 here in a year and a half i'm going to actually try and do an iron man again okay and maybe have it at every five year because i honestly don't love triathlon it was just a big old goal that i could really fail at that i wanted to challenge myself with and you know, I'm a three on the Enneagram, so I'm a performance driver, right? And so now I'm like, oh, I could I could get that much better of a time. Well, when I was 40, the kids are really young, and it's about quantity of time as much as it is quality. Now that they're getting older, they want to spend far less time with me than they have. So I have more of that training volume back. Yeah. So my hope is, gosh, I could shave an hour off my... Time is that possible? Oh God! So there you go. You know, I would say getting more people into riding is always a goal. I would actually love to see if I can do a three hundred miler.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and yeah, I, w- I would say
0: three hundred. Yeah.
1: Well, that that's kind of the next benchmark, right? Yeah. Yeah. Two thirty eight was tough, but Ugh. you know. <laughs> it's all possible it's just how much training yeah, you know yeah. and do you have the time for it or not
0: yes yes it, it, yeah and the mental capacity too Correct. it's like if anything like, if you're anything like me it's like you gotta build it up
1: sure absolutely yeah you know I've signed up for a mountain bike race with, okay. with my son Jed yes. next weekend you're telling me the bump yes. and grind and Where's I that? haven't it's in Oak Mountain okay yeah I haven't raced mountain biking in probably eight years. And as I was saying to you before, I tend to not try and compete against others. I'm competing against myself. And the Ironman really is that. You know, you've got 45 minutes from that when people first start to when the last person actually starts. So you don't really know where they're at, even though they're right next to you. Oh, they could wow. have a 45-minute head start or not. Okay. So you're not really competing against them. You're competing against yourself. Okay. Racing, obviously, there is a competition against them. And that's not a primary driver. But I thought, you know, that would be fun. The race got bumped. And mountain biking is kind of this latent... That's what I used to do. Road riding was just because there was a lot more roads around than there were trails. And yet, we go with where we find community so often. And so that's why road riding has become... So much more predominant as far as how I spend my time, mm-hmm. but I love mountain biking. Okay, so maybe I'll make some converts: long rides and mountain bikes. <laughs> <laughs> God, tall orders. C- cue the next podcast lead in, right?
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, do you want to? Do you want to talk about? Yeah. that?
1: Yeah. Oh, we got a special one coming we up.
0: Very delete. Well, I teased it earlier. Yeah, Go you ahead.
1: Did. So. Uh, Out in Northern California, uh, I came across this guy named Steve Potts who moved his shop up from Marin. And Marin is just above San Francisco. It's the birthplace of mountain biking on Mount Tamalpais. And he moved his shop up just to get out of the craziness of the Bay Area. I struck up a relationship and come to find out he is a world-class bike builder. And just about everybody... That I could ever mention in the industry, he's on personal friends with because these were all his buddies growing up with. So whether it's Steve, the specialized guy, or Gary Fisher, or Joe Breeze, or uh, Keith Bontrager, you name it, Tom Ritchie, these are all just personal friends. And so his his understanding of the industry, his competency when it comes to building and You know, he's just one that you go, he's a legend, and I'm excited to share him with the Drama Kings because as you guys get more and more into biking, you start looking back in the history and say, well, how did we get here from there? Yeah. And also more exposure to the other side, mountain biking, you know, that I don't think we have a lot of representation at the moment, and it's a passion of mine as well.
0: Yeah. Well.
1: So there's your teaser.
0: Yeah. We got we got him on, we kind of danced around it. We got him on the podcast. Yeah,
1: yeah, he's he's locked.
0: We didn't pay him or anything. <laughs> I don't think. No, but, he's
1: not interested in money. He's a he's, he builds bike for a living. And
0: yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and we we recorded it right before um, Jonathan's uh, yeah. wire rides. So um, can't wait to share. Uh, obviously Jonathan's and then S- uh, Steve's podcast
1: so yeah guys Uh, i enjoy spending time with you thank you for listening to this thank you for making it all the way to the end of this podcast and i look forward to more dk rides
0: all right love you buddy
1: love you too peace